All right, welcome to this special edition of the Tennis Unleashed podcast. We're gonna jump into the 2021 Men's French Open here and take a look at the draw and talk about specifically, can anyone stop Rafael Nadal at the 2021 French Open? So at this point, right, Nadal has won 13 French Opens. He won last year's French Open in extremely cold weather conditions in a situation where it was tough for most of the players to hit through the court. If Nadal is able to win the French Open this year and claim his 14th Rohan Garros title, he'll actually have more total French Open titles than Pete Sampras has total Grand Slam titles, which is pretty remarkable if you think about it, just that achievement of in itself. So can anyone stop Nadal from collecting his 14th French Open title this year? Let's take a look at his draw and see if anybody can pull off the upset. So if we just look at who Nadal is going to face in this French Open, first round, he's playing Alexi Paparin, currently ranked 62 in the world in singles, 21 years old, absolutely hits the cover off the ball, cranks the ball on the forehand and backhand side, and also serves really big. A guy who's looking to make a move, you know, hopefully for himself inside the top 20 in the next one to two years this season, right? Trying to move his way up and has had some really good results. They played in Madrid and Popperin came out and absolutely fired everything he had at Nadal as far as hitting the ball big, trying to take time away and basically tried to do a Robin Soderling to Nadal and ended up losing that match 6-3, 6-3. So it was a pretty good effort overall. But what we've realized about Nadal in the last few years, especially since he's tweaked some things technically in his game, is you want to come over and you want to just try to run over him and just try to kind of blitz through him with pure power. It's not going to work, at least on a clay court. That strategy is no longer a valid strategy. So Popperin tried to come out and do that to Nadal in Madrid, and it failed for him because Nadal is able to play defense, but he's also able to come out there and attack you as soon as he gets a good look or an opportunity at the ball. So if Popperin wants any chance to beat Nadal at the French Open in the first round, he needs fast conditions. And besides those fast conditions, he's going to want some warm weather, right? So the ball can get through the court quicker. But besides just playing that super huge game that he tried to use in Madrid that failed, he's also going to have to hit some stuff high and heavy to try to get short balls and do damage by hitting high and heavy. He's not gonna go out there and just blow Nadal off the court. You know, maybe if they're indoors on clay or, you know, it rains and they have to close the roof, maybe in that situation. But otherwise, he's gonna have to mix in lasers at the right time with high and heavy if he wants any legitimate chance of beating Nadal in the first round here. So I see Nadal winning this match comfortably in straight sets something like three, four, and maybe two against Popperin, who's a very good and talented player. But I believe he's going to go out there and play two one-dimensional and try to blast through Nadal instead of mixing high and heavy with the big blasting. So moving on past that match, let's look ahead to the second round now. Nadal plays a potentially very talented player, Hugo Gaston, who's ranked 141 in the world, or Richard Gasquet, who's a veteran, former top 10 for a very long time, but is currently ranked 51 in the world. Gasquet with that amazing backhand right, a relatively average forehand at the tour level, and an average serve. 
No way Nadal loses this match to Gasquet on clay or to Gaston. If he plays Gaston, he's going to hit a lot of high heavy stuff to him and do damage with that and then light him up with that down the line forehand and some big backhands mixed between because Gaston is a shorter player with Gasquet. He can beat up on that backhand if he wants and he's also going to be able to really attack Gasquet's forehand if he wants as well. So I see that as a very straightforward straight set second round win against whoever he plays. I do see that second round opponent though being Gasquet, the veteran coming through the first round and Nadal beating him relatively easily in straight sets in the second round. So I basically got Nadal cruising through the first two rounds without dropping a set against his opponents. What are we looking at possibly for Nadal in round three? He's either going to face the Italian Sonigo, who has been on fire lately, made the finals against Djokovic here about a week ago in a big clay event, or it could be Cameron Nori, more than likely as well, who's currently ranked 45 in the world, who's coming off a final in Lyon on clay, where he lost to Tsitsipas, and he looked pretty good there. Neither of these players, to me, is really going to challenge Nadal. I don't care what Sonigo did against Djokovic. That's not going to apply against Nadal. It's too totally different styles of players and where Sonigo has a huge problem technically is his forehand has a major amount of tilt forward on his forehand before he gets the racket back that will be evident against Nadal if he gets to that match Nadal will be able to attack him and take time and create some miss hits and some frame shots on that forehand side because of the size of Sonigo's forehand swing on top of those, you know, miss hits and frame shots, because of the size of that forehand swing, he's going to hit a lot of balls short off of aggressive and high heavy balls from Nadal, which is going to give Nadal a lot of short balls and Nadal is going to be able to step up and attack and finish those shots. So that's going to be another huge problem there. If we're looking at Nori, Nori's in a similar situation, not that he has a technical deficiency on his forehand. The technical issue for Nori is on his backhand. Kind of has this weird, really, really short take back on his backhand, and it works for him against a lot of players. Sometimes the ball kind of skip through the court. But instead of that backhand being a strength against a lot of players, it's going to be a huge weakness against Nadal. We look back just at Barcelona this year, back in April, Nadal beat Nori 1-4 comfortably on clay. At the Australian Open this year in 2021, they also played and Nadal beat Nori 5-2-5. So he isolated his backhand at both of those events, really cleaned up on it, hit that high heavy forehand to it, and got him to hit a lot of short weak balls and then Nadal finished it up from there. So no matter who Nadal faces in the third round, whether it's Sonigo or it's Nori, I see him cruising through that again in straight sets. He's got no problem with a matchup against either one of those players. They're both very good players, but they will present no serious problems to Nadal in this French Open run. All right, so let's look ahead now to the fourth round, the possible matchups there, right? If we look at the fourth round, he could be playing the young gun next-gen big boy Yannick Sinner, who's currently ranked 19 in the world, right? Very young player with a huge game on both sides. Or it could be Gael Monfils, who has really, really struggled this year. I think Monfils is definitely on the downtrend at this point. I think he's 1-4 this year. He just hasn't been winning anything. So I highly doubt Monfils gets to the fourth round of the French this year. It looks like it's probably going to be Rafa and Sinner, 
which would be a rematch of their French Open match from last year, right? Where it was three relatively close sets, Sinner hitting the absolute cover off the ball, but Nadal finding a way to beat him. I see a similar thing this year. They played this year on clay as well, just back in Italy here a couple weeks ago with Nadal winning 7-5-6-4. The issue that Sinner has at this point in his development is Nadal can easily exploit Sinner's movement, whether that's by hitting some drop shots or Nadal ripping his forehand down the line. I'd love to see Sinner pull the upset just to mix things up. But at this point, his movement is still too big of a liability. So I've got Nadal here winning this again in straight sets. This will be tighter. You could see a tiebreaker set or two in this match. But I just don't see Nadal dropping a set to center in this fourth round matchup. Let's move on to the quarterfinals now. And let's look at that a little bit and see who his possible opponents are in the quarterfinals. So we've got a possible matchup, right, with Andre Rublev, Diego Schwartzman, or Aslan Karatsev, who's kind of stormed on the scene this year, right, with a really good performance at this year's Australian Open. The guy that I see coming through this basically is Rublev, and Rublev beat Nadal in the quarterfinals at Monte Carlo this year, right, at a Masters 1000 event, looked great doing it, and beat him 6-2 in the third set, which isn't a close third set score. Now, this is the French Open, right? Nadal owns this event, and we've seen in past years leading up to the French Open, Nadal is susceptible at smaller events and tends to drop a couple matches leading up to the French Open during these clay court events. So it's not unusual for him to lose. I think just pure ball striking wise, Rublev can absolutely hang with Nadal from the back of the baseline. The question for Rublev isn't going to be if he can trade ground strokes with Nadal from the back of the baseline. It's going to come down to what it comes down to for Yannick Sinner, and that's movement. Can Rublev move better at this French Open to challenge Nadal in this quarterfinal match? And I just don't think at the French Open, the biggest stage, that Rublev is quite there yet to hang with Nadal. I believe Nadal is going to use his forehand down the line to get Rublev running. He's going to do damage and get Rublev out of position and force short and weak balls and force a lot of errors just by doing damage with that big Nadal forehand over and over again. So I don't think Rublev is quite ready yet to beat Nadal at the French Open. I'm taking Nadal here in this matchup in four sets. Now let's move on and look at the possible semifinal matchups for Nadal here right at the French Open. It's looking like it's either going to be Djokovic or Matteo Berrettini, who has also looked really, really good this year. Berrettini, though, does have serious weakness on his two-handed backhand. It is not a shot that's going to hurt or do damage to Nadal, especially on this surface. And Berrettini lately has actually been applying a strategy of slicing a lot of his backhands to try to give himself time to step around and hit his gigantic forehand. The guy's got a huge forehand and a huge serve. His two-handed backhand, though, is mediocre. Technically, it's not where it should be technique-wise. He could adjust that, and he'd be a top-five player if he could improve his two-handed backhand. But if he uses that slice backhand, if he gets Nadal here in the semis and uses that slice backhand exclusively or 90% of the time like he's been doing in a lot of the lead-up events, Nadal is absolutely going to chew that thing up and get Berrettini running like crazy. So it would not be a good strategy to slice that backhand against Nadal. I don't see Berrettini in the semifinal. I think he makes the quarters and he loses to Djokovic. I do see Djokovic getting through to the semis, even though he has been struggling quite a bit 
in the events leading up to this. He just won the 250 in Serbia, right? He just won that event and beat uh, a guy ranked 255 or so in the world in the finals, and he looked good. But I don't think Djokovic has the confidence right now that he had, especially during the Australian Open when he looked so dominant in that final against Daniil Medvedev. His confidence right now is definitely shaky. The strokes are there. Everything is there. But I just don't see him beating Nadal on clay at the French Open this year. They did go three sets in one of the warm-up events here before the French Open, right? But I don't see him pulling off the win. He doesn't have that one gigantic weapon where he can basically one-shot Nadal. And what does the term one-shot mean? Well, it's something I came up with, you know, in the last year or two. And it's basically the ability to finish a point with one shot. And for Nadal, that is definitely 100% his forehand. If you give Nadal anything that sits up on that forehand side and you give him a chance to wind up on his forehand, he will one shot you. He will finish the point every single time. And I don't believe Djokovic, at least when he's playing against Nadal, has one shot ability, and that is the ability to finish the point in a single shot. And that's the problem is you can out rally Nadal, you can hit some big shots here and there, but you've got to have the ability to one shot him when he gives you that look at the ball. And I just don't think Djokovic on this surface can do that and finish him when the opportunity arises. And the problem for Novak is that Nadal can do exactly what we just talked about to Djokovic. He can one-shot him. If he gets that short forehand, it's lights out. Sayonara. See you later. Thanks for coming. But this point's over. And Nadal can do that to guys. And that's why he's so deadly on clay. That's why he won the French Open last year. He complained quite a bit about how slow the court was. But that super slow and cold condition court helped Nadal because he was about the only guy out there that could hit through that court with his forehand. Jack Sock was actually another one. He went out early in the tournament, but the forehands are just so big, they can still hit through that court and finish the point. And guys were not able to do that to Nadal last year. Trying to win a point against Rafa on that slow, cold court was almost impossible last year. All right, so let's look at the possible final opponent for Nadal in the French Open final this year. My picks, obviously you've got, right, potentially Sitsipas, who's looked really, really good in this clay court season, done a really nice job, very good record this clay court season with a couple of titles, right? And we've got Zverev, who's the other possible option, in my opinion, coming out of that half of the draw. And then I've got my dark horse, who just won the 250 event on clay in Italy, Sebastian Corda, who's kind of coming into his own right now and hits this really, really thick ball. It just has a lot on it, but it doesn't look like he's putting that much effort into it to produce the kind of pace that he's producing. So I'm really impressed with how Corda looked in the last couple of days. He beat up on Tommy Paul, who's a great player. He's developing American. He beat him in straight sets yesterday comfortably, just out thicking him with the shots. The shots are just so thick off the ground. And Tommy Paul hits a very heavy ball. And then he did the same thing to Chechenato today in the finals as well. And just that super thick ball, but this really effortless swing on both sides, right? Just so technically sound, just such clean strokes, no excess movement in the strokes at all. It's just so clean and so good. And then on top of that, he's been serving better. He's six foot five. He looks stronger and his movement's been really, really sharp. Now, I'm going to pick on a whim here. I'm going to pick Corda to make 
the French Open final and I'll stick, you know, my own shoe in my mouth after the event when he loses in the second round to Sitsipas. But for him to get to the finals, he's got to beat Sitsipas in the second round. Then he'd be looking at a third round match with either Krajinovic, who's been hitting the ball pretty well lately, Sam Querrey, who hasn't played a clay court match on red clay here in quite a while, or John Isner, who had a pretty good result in Madrid. But to me, Isner, he's such a nice guy, but he tends to lack a lot of confidence in his own game, right? Especially for such a big guy with such an amazing serve. And Korda beat Isner last year on clay, so he could definitely beat Isner in the third round if they were to meet there. Looking at the round of 16, we've got a possible matchup with Milos Ronic or somebody more likely like a Pablo Carreno Busta, who in my opinion would not be able to hurt Corda on a French Open clay court, while Corda would be able to hit through him on this court in my opinion. Quarterfinal matchups, I don't see Grigor Dimitrov making the quarters at the French this year. We've got a possible Riley Opelka who played well in one of the clay court events there as well, if he can keep it together for four rounds before that with the big serving and the big ground strokes. And then you've got an Emil Roussevori, to me, that quarter is wide open for Korda if he can get through Pass in the second round. The big challenge then would possibly come against Alexander Zverev in the semifinals. That would be a huge test. And if he gets through Zverev, he gets to the finals against Rafael Nadal. Do I think that Korda would have enough to beat Nadal in the finals with as thick and smooth as that game is? I do not at this point in his development. He's on a very, very clear trend in an upward direction, right? Having a very good spring. He's looking really good right now. There's no way he beats Nadal, though, in my opinion at this point in the French Open final. But a year from now, if Korda continues to develop the way that he's developing, I could see it. But my safe bet and my safe pick to make the final against Nadal is going to be Stefano Tsitsipas, who's been very, very good this spring in the clay court season, he looks really good, especially for a guy six foot four. He moves tremendously well. On top of moving tremendously well, great forehand, pretty darn good serve, right? Very, very good one-handed backhand, and he tested Nadal and went three sets with him in a clay court tournament this spring, right? So they played, and it was a tough match, and Nadal won that match in the finals, 7-5 in the third set. They also played at the Australian Open, which different surface, right? But Tsitsipas beat him there in five sets after being down two sets. I don't think Tsitsipas fears Nadal. The other really good thing that Tsitsipas does strategically, a lot of guys haven't done Nadal in the past, Tsitsipas will sit there and hit high and heavy with Nadal instead of just trying to hit through the court and hit through Nadal because that is a losing strategy on clay. You are not going to beat him like that. This is not 2009 or 2010 against Robin Soderling anymore. This is a different Nadal who's a much more aggressive Nadal when you give him opportunities. So he's not just going to sit back and loop shots and let you attack him shot after shot after shot. He's going to take his looks when they're there. Nadal is a completely different player than he was 10 or 11 or 12 years ago. That's why just trying to rifle through him with gigantic shots is not going to work. So if somebody's telling you to do that to Nadal to beat him at the French Open, you've got the wrong strategy. You got to use a combination of high heavy with lasers at the right time. And that's what Tsitsipas has shown that he can do. He's willing to defend, he can get aggressive, and he can loop balls to try to challenge you. Now the question is, 
can Sitsipas beat Nadal in the French Open final this year? My answer to that question is not yet. And there's a very simple reason why. Doing a lot of the match analysis that I do on our YouTube channel, for instance, Sitsipas's ability to hit a heavy one-handed topspin backhand Nadal is not quite where it needs to be yet. So what I mean by that is, Sitsipas tries to hit really high and heavy with his one-handed backhand when he plays against Nadal, and it's the right thing to do. But the quality of the ball coming off Sitsipas's backhand isn't at a high enough level yet where he consistently does damage to Nadal by hitting that high heavy backhand. On top of that, when he tries to hit the super high heavy backhand, the one-hander to Nadal, a lot of times he'll accidentally leave the ball a little bit too much in the middle of the court and that allows Nadal to change direction and do damage back to Sitsipas. So Sitsipas needs to get better, and I'm sure they already know this in his camp. He needs to get better at hitting that high heavy backhand and controlling the direction of it to Nadal so Nadal is not able to just take that ball and do with it whatever he wants. Because right now, Sitsipas is not there on his one-hander quite enough to beat Nadal three out of five sets at the French Open. And Nadal knows that. Nadal knows he can sit there and hit these high heavy balls, not only in his forehand, but also on his backhand more consistently than Sitsipas can. So he knows he can outlast him that way, hit a better quality of ball, and end up being under attack less than Sitsipas will be when they play each other. So I've got Nadal beating Sitsipas in the French Open final in four sets, relatively tight each set. Sitsipas willing to grind, but Nadal breaking down that one-handed backhand and Sitsipas leaving some balls more towards the middle of the court when he doesn't intend to that Nadal can really attack that are shorter balls in the court. Amazing what Nadal has been able to do, right? If he collects this 14th French Open title, that's absolutely incredible. He'll also at that point have 21 total Grand Slam titles, which again is an all-time record and would surpass Roger Federer at that point. And then you can reasonably make the argument if you want to that Nadal is the best player to ever play the game, despite the fact that he's never won the World Tour Finals indoors. That's kind of the one thing that's really missing from his game, right? Is guys can beat him indoors and they can hit through him on those surfaces. All right, so that wraps it up for our 2021 Men's French Open preview. Hopefully you guys enjoyed this edition of the podcast. We're looking forward to doing a lot more stuff like this where we're breaking down some tournaments and delivering some tournament news and some reviews like this. Really enjoy doing this because I watch an absolute boatload of tennis and love the sport at every single level. Make sure too, if you want some free tennis instruction, check us out over on our YouTube channel. We've got plenty of video-based content over there. Also, we've got some courses over on our website, some that are free and some that are paid. Go check those out. Take advantage of those. We've got over 20,000 people that have downloaded our free forehand course. So if you have not downloaded that, go check that out. It's been around for a long time. And I know a lot of players and coaches have found it extremely useful. I'm Jason Frosto for the Tennis Unleashed podcast. We'll see you next time.